With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you I had to fail This is the final word well, cut daily day five with you by Siva Super Super fun hitting your retirement for six visits SivaSuper.com.au My name is Jeff Lemon, Adam Collins is with me Day five, we have seen a cracker of a contest, and we have seen something that, well, it, it had to happen. We did a, a little um, a studio TV show for Yahoo this morning where we spent about 15 minutes saying how crap Pakistan were and how they would never do anything of note in this tournament after being smashed by the West Indies, and they've only come back and trounced the tournament favourites, England at home. Adam Collins, can you give us the 30-second summary? I can give it a red-hot go because this was a great game of cricket. Pakistan made their way to 348 Good start, Imam al-Haq Fakazaman. They were supported by Barbara Azam, Muhammad Afis, who made 84 of 62 balls, showing that at age 38 you can still do amazing things. Safra Ahmed, the captain, made a half century as well. In defence, they took early wickets. Jason Roy was out in the second over to the spinner Shadab Khan. Johnny Bairstow, great ball from Wahab Riaz, which put all the pressure onto Joe Root. He made a magnificent World Cup time, the first of the tournament. Backed up by Butler later on, who also made 100. But the thing was, they both got out just after making the turn, which meant too much pressure was on the bowlers, and they fell just short. 3.34 all out on the cusp of the 50th over. Beautiful. 33 seconds, but I'm going to give it to you because there was a lot to get through there. And I think I stuffed up, so I said they were all out at the end of the 50th over. They actually didn't make it to the end of their allocated overs, but all the same, the margin was 14 runs. Yeah, they were nine down and, and might as well have been all out. And a very rare, I don't know how many times, particularly in a World Cup, a team would have made 200s and lost. I think it's the first time in a World Cup that's occurred. I heard someone or read somewhere that was the case. And this is the thing about this England side. They always feel as though they can win from any position. And today they nearly did it. I mean, had they pulled off what would have been the record World Cup chase, we'd be sitting here saying they're unbeatable. But the contrast is true now. We're going to say for the next however many days until they play Bangladesh on Saturday that they're in, not strife because it's a long tournament and they've already got a win in the can, but we're going to see plenty of headlines saying that England, after thrashing Pakistan in the games that didn't matter, couldn't do it when it did. 
Uh, and that's going to be the theme of the rest of the week, I'm sure. Let's pop England aside for a minute and just have a, a minute or two of just pure Pakistan appreciation. Yes. This team bowled out for 105 in 22 overs by the West Indies to open their tournament, conceded the runs in about 13 overs. In about it? 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, they were absolutely demolished. West Indies had a net run rate of about plus six, which is you know unheard of. It's like a, a, a footy percentage of, of 250 or, I don't know, a goal difference of about plus 83. It's absurd. And they were cooked. They looked cooked. They didn't have any sort of co- cohesion, coherence in their team, their approach, their selection. And then what have they done? They've just come out against the uh, favourite team, the best Monday team in the world, rattled up 348, if you don't mind, and then defended it. And, and particularly, I think the key thing is that they just played one-day series against England, they lost 4-0. Their lowest score was 297. Their highest was 361, and they lost all of those games. And so they put up a similar sort of score, but this time, in the one game that really mattered, they were able to hold off the home team. Yeah, they had every right to feel comfortable about sending England around the park, given they made 340 on three occasions or thereabouts through that series. So I don't think they were ever particularly concerned about what they could do with the bat against his England lineup for whatever reason they seem to match up well. I mentioned Hafiz in my potted summary. You know, 38 years old, he's been in and out of this side that many times and yet uh, when push comes to shove he's still so vital in that middle order. 84 off 62 balls, a couple of big sixes and was striking the ball beautifully from ball one and he was the he wasn't the glue so much as he was the one that was able to take them to the next level after a really rapid start but that is Pakistan, isn't it? A guy like Mohammed Afiz who continues to get selected. He's had so many... We, we called this Test 100 last year in Dubai, Jeff, yeah. when he got brought in after two years out of the Test team. And then with the ball, the same applies. Shadab Khan, who missed the England series due to hepatitis from... I think at the time there was reports it was due to a dental mishap. Um, he's back in and he's one of the most exciting... <laughs> they'll, young, they'll get any of us in the end. Yeah, like exactly. Uh, one of the uh, most exciting young players in the world. I think he's only 20 years old. Uh, and he picked up a wicket using the, the speed in at the start, which we saw against England in their first game, and it worked. it's worked twice now. Both openers have fallen. As for Mohamed Amir and Wahab Rehaz, I mean, how many times have we seen Mohamed Amir and Wahab Rehaz written off by all of us and as emblematic of their inconsistent selection policy in the last four or five days? Yet, Wahab Riaz is a bowler with considerable experience. He was absolutely brilliant at the death. Mohamed Amir got the crucial wicket of Joss Butler. And I should say, what a fantastic piece of bowling. Butler gets to 100. Looks like he's just about to steer England to a record victory. And he is willing to run his fingers down the seam to take a chance. He landed it perfectly, took pace off the ball. Butler gets a, I guess you'd call it a thick edge to short third man, and, and that's the game. Thanks, Mohamed Amir. And Wahab takes the catch, and Pakistan aren't always yep. that reliable in the field. No, but, but they're Wahab not. Wahab took a couple of grabs today and, and was a real steadying influence. Both of those bowlers were brought in at the last minute. Neither of them were in even the probable squad. That's right. And then they were suddenly on the eve of the World Cup brought in. We all questioned that decision, and yet here they are, having vindicated it. You know, Wahab went for plenty, but those runs, that those wickets he picked up, so early, and then the key couple of wickets late to at getting Chris Wokes and Moeen Ali out when they could have still bludgeoned England to a win. Also a word for the captain, Safraz Ahmed, who again, he copped heaps of stick uh, after the first game. He had Shab Akhtar out there saying he's too fat to be an international cricketer, which was which was funny, but I, but but not particularly fair given Safraz's record as leader of this side. Too fat for Tahiti, the, fat, uh, yeah. the, the famous name of an album by the Australian <laughs> band Waikiki. <laughs> Some great bowling changes, though. I'm going to say, like, when he brought Mohamed Afiz on, it, it struck gold almost immediately when he was able to get through Owen Morgan. And then Shaab Malik only bowled three overs, but his straight one got through Ben Stokes. So 
on two occasions uh, they were able to benefit from a Midas touch style bowling change and that yeah. only happens from a captain with experience who knows his troops and that that's what you get through experienced leadership so it, it was such a um, a reflexive thing the other day oh well Pakistan have got skittle for 105 the skipper must be rubbish uh, there's a bit more going on than that and, yeah. I, and, I, and I quite like the idea of a captain still having a massive influence over a game of cricket well on both occasions with those spinners it was um, hurrying a player on the back foot and yeah. being able to trick them off the pitch because Morgan was camping back and a ball skipped through him and, and nailed his stumps and then Stokes was going back and trying to cut and it just rushed through him and took the bottom edge I think so and a great take by Safras as well he he missed um, one stumping today, but he was, you know, he took a couple of important takes behind the wickets as well. Yeah, I love the fact that Shah Malik's still making a contribution. It's his fifth World Cup. He was there in 2003. Next year, he'll be really important in the World T20 as well at age 37 or 38. There's no reason why he won't be going around for a sixth World Cup, given how well he's been going with the white ball in the last couple of years. He's a great story. Maybe a seventh, maybe an eighth. Why not? Like Michael Tuck, he'll still be going around in when, when, he's, when he's 40 years old. But I, th- I think the other key part is that from... Most of the day, England looked like they would chase it. They had Root there in the middle just controlling the innings, doing exactly the job that he's always picked to do. Sure, they lost the openers and, and Morgan, but they had you know, Butler coming in and doing what Butler does. He made England's fastest World Cup 100, got there off 75 balls. Yeah, funny how we just go, oh yeah, Butler made 100 in 75 balls, the fastest World Cup. After keeping. England, after keeping for 50 overs and, you know, any number of uh, different responsibilities in the field as vice captain. And we're like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we, we almost gloss over it. He, the, 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 uh, the bell curve with him is so, is so jaded at the moment. So that yeah. There's almost nothing he can do which will surprise us. And, and Root, much the same. We talked about the role Root plays in the lead-up to the tournament, and this was exactly that. If an opener falls, he can consolidate and then take off, and he started the tournament beautifully. So even though it is a loss, there's still some pretty significant positives they take, especially with the batting towards the end. Well, 14 runs the difference and you know if they've got that chase then the conversation is holy crap look at England they are amazing they're unstoppable yeah they're away they're they're a batting monster machine and they'll they'll never be um, they'll never be brought down but they have been and so suddenly this opens things up I mean Pakistan are a team they would have absolutely penciled in as a win uh, and, and basically any team that fancies themselves for the semi-finals would have thought well, well we'll beat Pakistan we'll beat Sri Lanka we'll beat Bangladesh we'll beat Afghanistan you know pencil those in and, and it's just showing that you can't presume that you can't you know Bangladesh have shown it by beating South Africa and now here's Pakistan saying well we're on the board as well I'm trying to work out whether it's good for the comp or bad for the comp this result good for the comp Pakistan are in the ball game and like you say Jeff you want to have as many teams uh, on the board as early in the tournament as possible. So hopefully we get uh, a log jam uh, towards the end and they're really exciting group games with tons on the line. On the other hand, um, England doing well and being a front runner uh, is also very good for the competition because we want to see that the English public coalesce around this team and, and, and feel as though they're on something special in terms of the atmospherics of the tournament. So I'm going to take the positive that Pakistan yeah. being in it uh, is worthwhile and the fact that England now have a lot to play for in the next couple of games to, to make sure they even get through to the semis as the top seed. That, that's going to be worth watching. There'll be a lot more uh, tension and a lot more riding on every England game from yeah, now on. There will so be. maybe that uh, opens it up. Let's quickly skip through the uh, player of the day for you. Mohamed Hafiz was man of the match. I feel like I'm cheating on Josh Butler, who I love in a sensual way, but it has to be Hafiz, doesn't it? Like that ball to pick up Morgan was absolutely crucial. And, and the way that he bludgeoned England um, just before the, the start of that final 10 overs, that happy hour period, uh, that was the most influential performance today. For me, I think Wahab Riaz, you know, you can look at his figures and say three for 82, got tonked. But Go for that, 82, did he? In the yeah, end? he did. But because they were going after him at the start uh, when he had the, the openers yeah, yeah. out there and they were going after him at the end. And, and, you know, there were plenty of misfields and so on off his bowling. And But he picked up those, the key, I mean, Bairstow, 
for thirty odd. What a ball odd. to best day too, by the way. I mean, it was the, a beauty, the, the, a, a absolutely beautiful piece of traditional seam bowling. He hit the seam, it moved away, had great carry, caught the shoulder of the bat. It was, you know, chef's fingers. Yeah, yeah, Italian fingers, <laughs> delicioso. Hall of Fame, the final word, Hall of Fame. Uh, the the moments or things or people that stood out to us today. I heard a commentator who I won't name because I like him very, very much describe Pakistan as mercurial on the television Ooh. at the end of the game. We said Ooh. today on on that that. Uh, panel show we were doing this morning that if if any of us use Mercurial at any stage we're all going to leave the show and never come back yeah. to, the, to the press box so I think we're, we're going to try and retire that term but I'm going to put Mercurial in the Hall of Fame and, unless you've just smashed a thermometer you cannot use the word Mercurial but but oh god they make it impossible to resist the cliche they're Pakistan doing Pakistan things yeah um, in, in terms of what else gets in there probably Jason Roy's dropped catch that's the one uh, oh, yes. asterisk with Hafiz he was on 14 when he had a real ugly mo tonked a ball about 120 meters up in the air. It was like Elisa Healy's world record catch being dropped from a drone <laughs> as it came down. So it's not still not the easiest catch in the world. But Roy didn't have his sunnies on. He had them on his cap, and he was looking into the earth. Sun now, and uh, he just spilled it. And you know that could have been the match. Speaking of catches, it's not often you'll see a fast bowler, Chris Wokes, take four catches in innings, yep. including one off his own bowling. That's so in there. That, that that's a nomination too. And he took an absolute beauty down at Long On as well, sprinting. Yes. In. It wasn't quite the Stokes the catch, but it was, it was 80% of the way there. Yeah, what an athlete. But I reckon, yeah, Pakistan doing Pakistan things, Mercurial. Mercurial. That's, that's Hall of Fame for today. Spot on. I'll cop that. And that, uh, as, as we said on the show the last couple of days, we'll bracket these up after 32 days and we'll start eliminating them. We'll find oh. out some fun way uh, with audience participation. I'm looking forward to it. We'll, we'll, we'll have a, a blood sport um, knockout round with the brackets. That is the end of part one. We'll be back with you in just a sec. Now, quick word about our sponsors, Jeff. Have you ever thought about your dream retirement? I have literally never thought about any kind of retirement. <laughs> well, are you keeping an eye on your super? Are you confident you're with the fund that has your best interests at heart? If I'm completely honest, I don't think I even know what fund I'm with or if I have super. <laughs> okay, well, this is very important information for you. Did you know that CBUS is an award-winning industry super fund run to benefit members rather than profit shareholders? So, for example, this year, CBUS won the CanStar Most Satisfied Customers Superfund Award. That does sound like a deeply satisfying experience. <laughs> well, they've put their members' interests first for 34 years, and it shows. Their My Super option has returned an average of 9.29% over that time. That actually does sound like something I should investigate. <laughs> so consider CBUS today. Visit cbussuper.com.au. And remember that past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. <laughs> You've always wanted to do that. This is the final word, World Cup Daily Day 5. Pakistan beating England at Trent Bridge. Uh, a real shake-up, and that makes things pretty interesting going forward, Adam. It does. So England play Bangladesh and Cardiff on Saturday. So England play a game at every venue, which is quite fair given they're the host nation. But Bangladesh have a game between times here at the Oval on Wednesday. So uh, it could be the case that we're seeing Bangladesh enter that game higher on the table than England, which mm. would be quite quite something after a week and a half of the tournament and again like seeing England again playing at Cardiff the venue where they got bundled out of the Champions Trophy a couple of years ago not always a venue they've done well at so 
looking forward to that one. Remind me, was Cardiff also where Bangladesh beat New Zealand it in was. the Champions Trophy? It was where they beat. They, they chased down 290 odd to uh, mm. knock out New Zealand and get through to the semi finals themselves. So good history for them on that ground. And also, of course, uh, Cardiff is where Bangladesh beat Australia in 2005. How could we forget? Wow. And the, as, as mentioned on yesterday's episode, the right, Mashrafe like Mortaz of Limousine. The limousine, Get yes. on the phone to the Cardiff Limousine <laughs> Company and um, saddle up maybe a, yeah, maybe a Humvee, maybe a pink Humvee. You know? I'm going to get him on the pod between now and the end of the uh, end of this World Cup because he's, he, he tells a good story. He's a wonderful veteran of this side. Uh, the next game let's, for Pakistan. Let's, let's pop a, we'll pop on the Bad Love song, Green Limousine. And, yes. And he can ride around to that. Pakistan Absolutely. have got Sri Lanka. So they're a chance to bag another win as well. They are. And Sri Lanka have to play between times. So if Sri Lanka lose tomorrow... Also in Cardiff against Afghanistan. Which is in Cardiff. Why are we all going to Cardiff? It, what have you done, Wales? Who do you know? Well, it, it's the way this tournament works. We play a few games in one place and a yep. few games in the next. But um, the, the Pakistan-Sri Lanka games on Friday in Bristol, so mm. back out to the West Country. And tomorrow, ahead of time, yeah, Sri Lanka will play Afghanistan, which is probably the one game that Afghanistan would have seen in the schedule and thought, look, if we can win there... Early in the tournament, we might be able to knock off a few other sides on the way through. It's really mm. important they put up a good showing tomorrow. Yeah, get some, get a bit of momentum going, and then they've got New Zealand on the weekend as well. So it's amazing how much spicier things start getting just once you've got a few games in the bank, and now everything's got context. That's right. I'm off to Southampton tomorrow because in a couple of days, India make their World Cup opener. So it'll be this quirky situation where India are playing their first game against South Africa. It'll be their third game. So thanks to their IPL commitments, they got an extended break. Yeah, and, and I've got to go to a, a swanky event at Lord's Jeff's because gonna I'm the, very important. Yeah, Jeff's going to win another award for his book. He's, <laughs> what, he's, what he's basically trying to say. Uh, so that's on. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> on the shortlist, I'm up against Shane Warne. So, um, oh, well. You know, finally we go head to head, mano y mano. <laughs> Maybe it should be a joint award and you'll have to sort of hold hands on the oh, stage or something like that. That would be amazing. You perfect, know, just, perfect just um, you know, bridges can be built all around the world. Cricket brings people together, isn't and, that right? And then, then we reconvene on Thursday together when we're going to see Australia play the West Indies at Trent Bridge, which will doubtless be much as it was today, runs aplenty. Oof, and India-South Africa uh, on Wednesday, so there's a heap coming up. Doubleheader on Wednesday, it's going to be another struggle to get the episode in under 20 minutes, but we, <laughs> we have, have today. done that today. We've absolutely nailed it today. We're getting better at saying less and maybe speaking slightly more slowly. I think our first few episodes, we've just been in panic mode going, oh my God, how do we get through it all in yes. 15 minutes? So thanks to those who are being patient with the first few reps and when we're in frantic mode, but I think now we've realised that we can take our time. It's all under control as long as we're in under 20 minutes which we are today yep it's going to be fine we, we can keep doing these short eps every day and uh, if you want to check out the longer weekly episodes we do you can go to patreon.com slash the final word that's where our supporter community is and uh, keep an eye out on the podcast feed if you haven't subscribed to this it'll come up in the same place so hit the subscribe button uh, reviews and ratings are also very helpful Thanks to CBUS Super, Industry Super Fund, hitting your retirement for six there at cbussuper.com.au. Till tomorrow, this is the final word, World Cup Daily, day five. Bye. you know what I meant I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. Hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS. 
for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.